This is the Housemade Podcast. We're your hosts, John Vieira and Nick Bobbin. We're here to cover your questions about home bartending. So let's get into it. Hey guys, what's up? Housemade Podcast. Today we wanted to talk a little bit about triple sec and orange liqueurs. Uh, it's kind of a commonly asked question for us, especially with, you know, producing syrups and things like that for mixers. A lot of these cocktail recipes that you see have triple sec listed as an ingredient and a lot of people don't really know what it is. Yeah, I guess it was some one thing that I had... I guess I'd taken for granted always working in the bar for so long, but now, especially since we're producing, uh, especially an orange syrup, every time I go into Albertsons to stock the shelf, there's always, always somebody that thinks, well, when I'm stocking the shelves, so naturally they think I work for Albertsons. Uh, and they're always like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to make a Mai Tai. And I got the recipe on the back of this bottle. So I need this, this orange syrup, but I also need triple sec, but I don't know what triple sec is. And then Albertsons actually sells like a, a I, I've never tried it. I'm assuming it's a flavored sugar right next to their simple syrup products. Yeah. Like in the little weird squeeze tube. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. called triple sec. And that's always the biggest confusion that I think I hear uh, from, especially like home bartenders or anybody that's new kind of this whole game. What is triple sec? You have to be really careful too, because a lot of the stuff that we think of as triple sec uh, has a lot of sugar to it and mm-hmm. it's not very high in alcohol percentage. So you can actually throw off the balance of your cocktail pretty heavily with yep. a product like that if you're not really careful or, or kind of tasting along the way. Right. And so I guess I guess to start this whole thing, triple sec is essentially an orange liqueur. So today we're going to talk about orange liqueurs. We got specifically three of them. Uh, but triple sec itself, I think, for our purposes nowadays really refers to all the kind of like crap products. Well, I guess not necessarily crap products, but all the budget friendly items that are on the bottom shelf of the liquor store or the top shelf of the supermarket. There's stuff that's crazy low alcohol content. If it has alcohol in it at all, or when we're talking like 11, 12, maybe 15% at max and it's straight sugar. And so if you're going to use one of those products, you would have to adjust the other sugar content in your drink to compensate for sure. Yeah. So it's basically a way to get orange flavor into your uh, cocktail without using actual orange juice Mm -hmm. or some other spirit that may have like orange flavoring to it. Right. Well, it's crazy about how many cocktails actually like even call for a triple sec and it's not a flavor. So being an orange liqueur because that's what it is it's not a flavor that you would necessarily pick up in the cocktail i feel like but you would definitely know if it's not there it just kind of brightens it adds a little dimension i mean the biggest one that i always think of is a margarita right oh yeah so that little bit of of orange that's in there with your lime juice and and the tequila and just all those flavors the way they work together it's it's almost non-negotiable if you don't have something like that in there it just it doesn't feel right it doesn't no because then i mean then what you're talking about you're talking about like tequila lime juice and sugar which is still good. It's still good, but, yeah, but it's, 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 it's missing. just kind of misses the mark, right? Yeah, it's missing that thing. And then, of course, I mean, one of, debatably one of the biggest cocktails known to man is the lemon drop and all of its variations. Oh, yeah. And and that gets that, you know, little half ounce usually of triple sec in there. Uh-huh. And it makes a huge difference. It, it does. It makes a big difference. So it, it, I guess it lends itself from making a f- uh, like a flat cocktail into like kind of almost a, a full bodied cocktail. For sure. So I guess with all of this, when we're talking about like, how did this even become a thing is like, where did we start? What, what came first? 
okay, so that's what I was looking at today. I was trying to do a little bit of research. And so triple sex, right? So we're talking about orange liqueurs. So there's three big ones that we want to touch on today. And the first one, which is even more confusing, I think, to a lot of people, is the dry curacao's. So curacao is actually a little tiny dwarfed orange. When you cut it open, it almost looks like a lemon on the inside. Uh, and it grows, apparently, this is what I found out, that it, the Spanish conquistadors planted these on some of those South Caribbean islands when they were going through that area, uh, specifically on an island named curacao. And in the late or mid 19th century, so like 18 somethings, uh, a bunch of Dutch settlers wound up over there and they essentially were taking rums and flavoring them with the lemon, or I mean, sorry, the orange peels and essentially producing a curacao. Okay. So when I think of curacao and maybe a lot of other people, um, think this way as well as you think of uh like blue and orange curacao right right and uh, i saw that there was a green one too is there yeah so blue curacao for those of you that have ever had an amf that is or a blue hawaiian for that matter yeah that's what gives it that blue color uh but it's essentially just an orange liqueur yeah it's so blue it's flavored orange or blue colored blue orange colored liqueur, yeah which is weird uh, which I don't know why, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't look into it, so I, I didn't do any research on those ones. Just, I lumped all that in with the, like, the, triple sex in the bottom right, of the barrel the, type the stuff. the budget options, which which it really is, it's for that purpose, right? Yeah, which I'm sure it's a marketing thing. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Um, but the point is, do not confuse something like orange or blue curacao with dry curacao, because you're talking about a premium product versus a budget kind of low-end product, and a foolproof spirit versus something that's mostly sugar. Sugar, Yeah. So dry curacao. Okay. Uh, which actually, so dry curacao is really awesome. Um, I wish I didn't have this in my glass so I could taste a little bit. Uh, yeah, let me, let me taste some. Cause it's been, a, it's been a long time. I remember they're, uh, they're a little bit tartar and they usually have other herbs, spices and botanicals in them as well. They are definitely a little less sweet. Uh, just on their own when you taste them. I made somebody a cocktail recently with dry curacao instead of Cointreau uh, just to see if they liked it as much as the way that it's normally made. And it is actually quite a bit different yeah, because get, it's less yeah, I sweet. Get, I get quite a bit. I get a, a pretty good bitter bite to it, but I'm also getting some other herbs, floral notes to it as well. You want to taste that? And we're uh, specifically using... This, uh, what was this brand? The Perry it's, Ferrar? Uh, it's like Pierre Ferrand. Ferrand, yeah, yeah. So this uh, actually was a collaboration with Dave Wondrich, who's that cocktail historian we've mentioned a few different times. And there wasn't currently, at this time, uh, a dry curacao that was produced because it's called for in a ton of tiki drinks. And it's, it has a different flavor than just a regular triple sec like Cointreau will have. It's got, it's definitely got a little bit more body just comparing it to yeah. the Quanto right now. Uh, it's got obviously a deeper color, mm -hmm. a little bit more body and check out the nose difference between those. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's like dry and it's really, it's, it is actually drying my mouth out as it, as it's staying in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Quantro is like sweet on the nose. Well, cause the biggest difference I guess between this dry curacao and the Quantro is the Quantro is actually made with a mixture of bitter oranges and sweet oranges. 
And so Cointreau to, to me, which is like the, the kind of like, that is triple sec. Like Cointreau, when you, when you see triple sec on a menu, it should just be Cointreau. Yeah, it's, it's, well, as far as we know, we, we don't, we didn't look into it a hundred percent, but as far as we can tell, Cointreau being one of the oldest, uh, premium orange liqueurs, uh, we think they kind of coined the term triple sec. We think that's kind of where it came from, but yeah, we, we can't don't really figure sure. it out there. Well, there's a couple different things. There are a couple different reasons why. So with the, uh, dry curacao's, they are sun-dried peels, right, of the oranges or the curacao's. And then they are steeped in the rum, which is usually, it's a sugar beet base, uh, usually like 96% alcohol, usually for like 24 to 48 hours. And then it's pot stilled three more times after that. So sec apparently in French means dry, which could also mean distilled. So three times distilled or triple distill is, is one theory, but when you're talking about Cointreau, that's not actually how Cointreau is made. So that doesn't really make a lot of sense either. Uh, I've also seen some speculation that, um, Cointreau went through about three iterations before they came up with their actual recipe. So triple dry. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, and I could be way off the mark. That was just what I found. We also speculation. we're not very good at speaking French, so there's maybe something that's lost. Oh in yeah, all that. no, it's right. All over these my products head. happen to be from <laughs> yeah. Everything France. we're trying is French. Yeah. Which, when you start to look at the world of liqueurs, almost anything that's super premium comes from France. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. But so so Cointreau, sorry, back back into the taste difference ha, is a thicker body, like mouthfeel, and it's considerably sweeter. It has some of that upfront bitterness you get from that dry curacao but it finishes sweet as where the curacao lends with a, like a root or an herb or something that kind of picks it up. And then it just gets bitter towards the back end. Definitely a more complex flavor. And I really do taste some of that, um, like bitter mm -hmm. orange versus the sweet orange in yeah. there. Uh, fantastic. Like you can literally just drink it on its own. I oh, mean, no, it's sweet obviously, yeah. but as like an after dinner. Oh no, thing, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it is a really fun experiment though. If you guys are able to find, a bottle of the dry curacao Cointreau is everywhere. Dry yep. curacao can be tricky, but if you find a bottle, buy it, you won't regret it and make some of your favorite cocktails at home mm -hmm. that call for these things and compare them between and those forth, two yeah. and just see what you prefer. Well, or even try something like a, a Mai Tai, right? It, it calls for a dry curacao, but like on the reverse, if you just have Cointreau, well, try them, try two of them. Cause it would be interesting to see what your palate yeah, likes. See what kind of differences. Cause you know, if the Cointreau is a little bit sweeter, you can kind of adjust your recipe for that. It's like, Oh, maybe a little bit less or mm -hmm. in that case, mm -hmm. or maybe a little bit extra booze to compensate. Right. Uh, or lime juice. And you know, you can kind of, that's what's fun about bartending at home is you're not worrying about being able to serve this drink to 20 people at a time. Yeah. You're, you're just making a couple of them. Yeah. And you're not trying to impress everyone. You're just, you're literally trying to impress yourself. And then once you find something that impresses you, then you can impress your friends that way. Yeah, totally. So it's really cool to see the differences between these two. Cause I mean, I love Cointreau. We've talked about this on the show before. I think it's an absolute must have for a home bar. hundred uh, percent. Any recipe that calls for triple sec, just put Cointreau in it. You won't regret it. Nope. It's far better than any of the other options. It is expensive, but we've talked about if you buy it in a liter, there's a huge price break and you're only using like, I guess a half ounce is probably Mostly, the, main, yeah. the main measure that you would use. Uh, drinks like a sidecar, you're going to use a full ounce. Yeah. 
But um, I mean, uh, buying a liter bottle, you're talking 33 to 66 drinks, depending on what you're making. Yeah. So it goes a long way. It's going to go a long way and it's not going to go bad or anything. It's very high alcohol percentage as well. Um, so that's nice because for like an after dinner thing, mm -hmm. if you were like, man, I really just want something kind of sweet for dessert. You don't even have to make yourself a cocktail. You just, no, just sip just on a sip little on bit of straight. that. Well, one ice cube in it. I think it would be delicious. Absolutely. Or we were talking about this before, warm. uh, before the show, we were talking about maybe taking something like a Topo Chico. Oh yeah. Or something and making yourself like a little Cointreau highball. If we got Topo Chico's here, I definitely want to try that. Cause I, yeah. know be I looked in the fridge and didn't have any, Dang unfortunately. It. Okay. Next time. But I guarantee that would be incredible. No, it would be super awesome. Cause you're talking about foolproof. Yeah. 100%. Spirit, right? Uh, I guess one thing too, that I want to touch on between this dry Curacao and this Cointreau as well, is they're both actually the same spirit base. They're both, sh uh, sugar beet spirit bases, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. Sugar beet you is get so much different. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy how much sugar beet as like a base took yeah. off. <laughs> like we were, when we were talking about rum, uh, which we've talked about on several episodes now, but I think specifically when we were talking with uh, Eric Eastman on that episode, we were talking about production of rum in different areas and how the French colony rum uh, is made from fresh pressed cane juice because they didn't really need the the uh the trade route with the sugar to go all the way back to where they were at because they had sugar beets anyway so they were like well we've got all this uh got all this material what what kind of booze can we make with yeah. it instead of it being like a byproduct like a molasses or something like that you know you see that a lot with Jamaican rum mm -hmm. um so it's it's kind of cool like how sugar beet kind of took the uh the the rum world by storm I mean that's literally the reason why we have such things like Martinique rum mm -hmm. And agricole in general. So, uh, pretty cool. No, we've only got two glasses here, so we're gonna have to let's finish one of these so we can taste our third one. Okay, yeah, because we do we without well with talking about orange liqueurs, we do have to talk about Grand Marnier. So actually, both Grand Marnier and Cointreau both claim to be the first triple sex on the market. Uh, I will say that they're crazy different, and from what I could figure out. Cointreau is actually newer, or I mean older, sorry. So they came out about five years before Grand Marnier did. The color difference as well, I know you guys can't see this. Uh, oh, we, it's wild. This we, is also the only one that uses a different base, too. Correct. And why is that? Because... Uh, so they actually, according to their website, uh, they use a mix of a cognac base, a sugar beet base, and a grain neutral base. Okay. Um I haven't tasted it in a long time. I remember from past experiences it having a way bigger body to it because it has an aged spirit um, like cognac in it already. And then I remember it being considerably sweeter than Cointreau, which is crazy because Cointreau is kind of sweet. Um, it's It was kind of designed to be drinkable on its own, which all of these are. Yes. This but one way more specifically yeah, though, because uh, it's hard to find cocktails that call for Grand Marnier specifically. All of the marketing material I could find from Grand Marnier was, oh, try it instead of triple sec. Yeah, which it is good. It offers uh, the deepest and richest color by far of any of them, which oh, is yeah. why it's absolutely perfect as a float on drinks. So when you talk about like a Cadillac margarita. Yep. It is really out of these three that we're talking about right now. It's really the absolute best option. It's going to have kind of the best layering effect. It's going to have um, the biggest difference in color. 
And it just, it really does have kind of a different body uh, to it. So let's give this a taste and see what we got here. See what the nose is like. Now, most of these, I don't know the exact prices, but most of these are pretty comparable in price, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Quantra, I think, is definitely the least expensive, especially in Idaho. Every other month, the liter bottle will actually go on sale for less than the 750 Wow, really? Yeah. Just, okay. It's so kind of hilarious. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> if you do not already stock Quantro in your home bar, you have to go buy it when it's on sale. Do yourself a favor. Um, and then the Curacao, I think they, oh, we've only seen them in 750s. There. I want to say it was like 50 bucks. It wasn't cheap. Uh, I don't think it was that much. I think it was more like 38 or something like that. Really? Yeah, I don't think it was. Well, it might be. It might be mid forties. I don't well, know. It's been a long time. Maybe it fluctuates depending on availability. Because for a while, you just couldn't get it. True. And honestly, I haven't like actually looked at the receipt for that specific product in a couple years. I just know when I was buying it, it was kind of expensive. But I know that they the state closed it out for a long time and then re brought it back. And so when they re brought it back, they very easily could have jumped the price by ten bucks. Crazy. So we've we've talked now so much about Dave Wondrich in general, but uh, especially the spirits that he's had a hand oh, in. Oh, he's had a hand in a lot. And they're of, all recreating those like very early style drinks or yeah. early style spirits. So like what what are some of the other ones? I know we've talked about the uh, the Ransom, right? Yeah. The Old Tom. Yeah, he had a hand in that too. That one was he had a hand in actually that. produced in Oregon, yeah. Dry Curacao. What was the other one? I swear there was another one that was like... I don't know, but I bet you a quick Google search would... Uh, Let me taste this. Uh, yes, I didn't here. even get to it yet. Uh, quite a more subdued nose. It actually doesn't smell quite as good as the dry curacao to me. Dude, honestly, uh, for my palate and what it is, the dry curacao has been my favorite so far, just like on its own, because it's the less, least sweet. Wow, it is actually incredibly sweet. It's it's very much on par with Cointreau as far as the sweetness, but it's got a very, very, it's got kind of a back of the palate thing going on. It's probably the, the cognac that's in there and really tasty. Um, I think I definitely like the dry curacao the best as well. Wow, that's really interesting. All right. As far as the Dave Wondrich, I'll have to do a, a bit more <clears throat> uh, searching for what he actually had a hand in helping. And the only reason I, I know this is because I go to the spirit websites that we're we're looking at, and it literally lists his name on it. He's oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't come out and oh just you know be what? Like, oh, I look think, what I helped make. I think one of the other ones that I was thinking about was uh, the plantation rum, the pineapple stiggins. Oh yep. I think he had something to do with that as well. Uh, which is funny because that plantation. Um, is owned by the same company that produces a strike here. So as well, yep. Yeah. yep, absolutely. So that makes sense. Um, man. Yeah. Well, we might have to do an entire episode on Dave because he's got books. He's done just about everything a guy can do. He's got his own podcast. Oh, wow. So Instagram yeah, or name hmm. quite a bit different. It is. I mean, you know what? I like it a lot more than I previously thought I did. To be honest, it's a little bit spicier. It's a little hotter on the tongue, not as sweet on the palate. And it does have a lot more of that cognac. I'm not getting a whole bunch of orange. It's like cognac, like the slightly orange flavored. Yeah, you don't get a whole bunch of the orange, but it is way, way sweeter than I remembered it being. 
on its own. Oh, that's hilarious. It's less sweet than I remember it being on its own. Yeah, really, uh, as far as drinkability, just on its own, I think that dry curacao kind of hits the right. This was always an age, age gap one, too, I feel like, working in different bars. This yeah. was always the call from, like... A lot of 80s. Yeah, kinda 80s, era, yeah. Yep, 80s area guys, and they wanted uh, snifters of it heated. That's oh, always okay. how I used to serve that. Well, which is probably just part of their marketing back in the day, too, since it had a cognac base. I mean, that's yeah, the way a lot of probably. people drink. They have those big snifters. Mm-hmm. You roll it around in your palms that it actually slightly heats. Yeah. The oh, spirit. yeah. No, we used to uh, shoot at one of the bars we worked at with a. <laughs> fill up a snifter full of boiling water and then take another snifter full of the Grand Marnier and set it on it and serve it like that. So oh, really? it would literally okay. heat as much as you wanted. I, I always thought it was bizarre. I never actually tried it. Maybe it was I mean, great. I, maybe I there's know. something to it. Your, your palate perceives things differently based mm-hmm. on temperature, right? So the colder something is, the more muted all of the notes are. Everything's kind of rounded Especially out. Especially sugar, yeah. Um, yeah, sweetness, bitterness, anything like that. I mean, it kind of turns the volume way down on it, which is why people put things like vodka in their freezer. Right. Cause it just, it tastes like ice cold, nothing. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah until, no, it, like, until it warms up in the back of your throat and then you go, cause yeah. it's usually something really crappy yeah. that you did that with. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of that guy though. I'm not a big like ice in my drink kind of guy. When I drink whiskeys, when I drink cognac, stuff like that, I, I kind of go for room temperature, mm-hmm. not necessarily hot. Like I'm not trying to put it in the microwave, yeah. but. Hmm. Interesting. Grand Marnier. Good. Um, I could see that will definitely change the flavor a lot. If you were going to substitute that for a triple sec, it will, yeah. it'll vastly change your cocktail. Yeah, totally. I mean, probably for the better, but it depends on the drink. So I could see True. this pairing really well with, um. Like darker spirits, especially like oh, whiskeys, things yeah. like that. I don't know that I'd recommend to do that in a lemon drop, though. I think that would take just take over. It might, it might, it might walk on the vodka a little bit. Well, but, everything walks on vodka, but I mean, it might even walk on the lemon juice. <laughs> but think about um, what is that drink called? I think it's called a boxcar. It's essentially like a oh, uh, a whiskey based lemon yeah, drop. Yeah, that would actually probably be good. In That'd that. probably be really yeah. nice. You know, half ounce. It's not crazy, but mm-hmm. fresh lemon juice, half ounce of that. Uh, ounce and a half of probably bourbon of some kind. You could use any whiskey, I guess. Um, and then a little bit of simple syrup. Yeah. Which it's so, it's honestly really sweet. So you might be able to get away with like less of well, simple yeah. too. No, totally. But also like, what if you use something like the Orjot syrup, which we know pairs really well with orange liqueur instead yeah. of like simple. So what if you did like a half ounce or three quarter oh, ounce of the fun. Orjot? Yeah. That might be a fun experiment because... That might be a really good taste and drink. It would be. Similar to a whiskey sour, just without that egg white. Maybe uh-huh. served up, different presentation. These are all things that you can, uh, you know, you can wow your guests with because they won't know the difference. You could make them the same drink and put it in a different glass and they probably uh-huh. wouldn't know the difference. So. 100%. But it might taste really good. Um, and Grand Manier is like... I don't know. It's it's something that's not a bad thing to have on hand. I know people that put it over like vanilla ice cream and Ooh, things like that. So like, good. yeah, it's one of those things. Like if you have it, you could put it in in tea, almost like a toddy. Yeah, I mean, you could do so much stuff with it. It's like it's definitely not a bad bottle to have on hand. No, it's not a bad having all three at the same time. Now you, yeah, if you you can afford it, knock yourself out. That'd be great. They all are very different. Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, it's all about doing the the individual taste test and then trying it in a specific drink. So right. one of my favorite cocktails is a sidecar, right? You're talking about an entire ounce of Cointreau. Yeah. But now I really want to try it with dry curacao because I've never oh, done right. that. No, that'd be great. You know? Sorry. I was just thinking about Grand Marnier. Cause like for me, I think that would be my least 
saw after bottle out of the three of these, right? Yeah. But I was just thinking about you were saying about trying it in a cocktail. I'm like 90% sure they sold minis of it. Oh, I think of they Grand do. Marnier. I think they do. I think they have minis of both the Cointreau and the Grand Marnier. Yeah. So like before you even commit to a whole bottle, like go buy the mini and try it out. Yeah. And send us your results as well. Yeah, that'd be great. I want to know. We should do a whole um, blog segment on like listener feedback. Oh, yeah. On some of this game. experimentation, that'd be really cool. Yes. So if you're listening to this, we would love some feedback because apart from like <laughs> one guy or maybe two, we haven't got any in 30 some episodes. I think there's people out there listening to us. That was just about us swearing too. That yeah. Was, yeah. They just told us to quit swearing. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't even like <laughs> feedback about the show. They were like, oh yeah, this is whatever, but stop uh, swearing. Yeah. You have, you have potty mouse. Please don't do that. Which like, I don't know. Oh. Maybe you guys didn't even notice, but like after the first few episodes. I think it was like five or six. Yeah. Was it? I do. Might even, it might have even been less than that. Oh, okay. Well, I just remember we had a couple before we started releasing. Yeah. So, which, by the way, uh, just so you guys that are listeners know, we've been talking about maybe kind of retracing our steps, going back to some of those early episodes, and almost just kind of redoing it now that we're kind of in the full swing of things. Uh, let us know if you think that would be a good idea. Uh, that way, you guys don't have to go back and listen to the. Uh, <laughs> the archaic early episodes mm-hmm. uh maybe we can give you a refresh and a little bit more um in depth or something yeah just some just a little bit better version of it um yeah. let us know if you guys think that would be helpful or useful at all um and also if you're going to give us feedback let us know what your favorite episodes have been so far because that's really useful for us as well we can kind of look at that and the things that we did and the things that we talked about and see if maybe we can do more of that kind of stuff right yeah. Okay. Well, so orange liqueur, orange um, liqueurs. Moral of the story is, yeah, go out and buy them because they're yeah. awesome. Uh, what do we talk about next time? Absinthe. We're gonna talk about absinthe. Yeah, that's great. I don't know anything about absinthe, well, so we're, we're about to. We're gonna learn. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.